Hello everybody and welcome to this game where with me, Ashley, and me, Chris. Hello everyone. How are you, Ashley? Hello, I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Hello, I'm okay as well, thank you. All very musical. Okay. Um you're <laughs> sat in a like a sunspot and the sun's yeah. beaten down on you. Yeah, well often You're we like an angel. It's we, weird. we usually record these at night, but we're recording during the day for this one. And yeah, I'm having to squint at the screen as well because of this blasted sun. You love so. people to know stuff like that, don't you? Like the context of our recording sessions. Well, it's happening at 11.32 in the the middle of June and no, so on. No, like people might think, well, why is he not commented on the sun in the previous 150 odd episodes? So I'm just giving context for why. No one not... was going to think that. Exactly. That's what I mean. You just like everyone to be clear on why things are happening but actually in general i'm the same but i managed to let go of those hang-ups uh, oh. for the podcast Trying you just really go. love to know i don't think so no it's what makes you you i shouldn't have brought... <laughs> I, I shouldn't have brought it up i should have left it i'm sorry you do you is it that it's not... exactly it's not a bad thing it's just a very interesting quirk of chris on the podcast i don't think you're that like that in real life you don't mm. sit me down and go well the last two weeks, um, this has happened, and that's why I've got a spot on my left cheek. I don't think I do that. Oh, now I'm questioning you everything. Do you don't. But in the podcast, you definitely do. Hello, hello, viewer. We are recording this, this in night. the middle of a snowstorm. This happening in May, which is quite strange. The sun's dappled through the window because of the tree outside. Why are you making me sound so like a on. romantic poet? Well, romantic poets would do a lot better. A job than I've just done of painting oh. that particular picture. And this Thomas in Ghosts. Well, he's not so much a poet, is he? As an actor pretending to be a poet, and therefore... <sighs> yeah, alright. Good banter. Sorry. Right, what's the game we're doing today? It was meta. That was meta, wasn't it? People love the word meta. <laughs> that was the um... meta of, of this game where... You want to know what we're doing today? I do. I do. Well, I can think of nothing bullshit. I want more. I, that's, you sound so disingenuous. <laughs> that's another part of, of Chris on the podcast. Disingenuity. <laughs> no! Come on. What's the game? Always acting. This week, it is this game where a plucky, somewhat delimbed hero sets out to save his world from the invasion of marauding robo-pirates. Delimbed? Yeah. Tis what it sounds like. Say right. what you see. So, can you go through it again? That word threw me. This game where? Yeah. I'll do it three words at a time. Thank you. This game where? Yeah. A plucky somewhat. Yeah. Delimbed hero sets. Uh-huh. Out to save. Yes. His world from. Yep. The invasion of. Yeah. Marauding robo-pirates. Not a clue. No. Are you sure? Robo-pirates. Have a real good think. Yeah. Delimbed hero. I think hero. you do know this. Think of a hero that doesn't have limbs, but does have limbs. Somewhat delimbed. He's somewhat delimbed. Medieval? No, it's not. No, medieval, it's not but I see what you're getting at, because he's got limbs, but he hasn't got the flesh yeah. of the limbs. I can only think of, I've got, um, what's he called? Daniel Fortescue gonna... from, from Medieval, and I've got Murray from Curse Monkey Island. The only, only things I can think of that fit that criteria, and it's not about... neither of them. The uh, the little man Rayman. Oh, the little man Rayman. The little man Rayman. 
Is it the little, little man Rayman? It's the little man Rayman 2. It's, that's a, it's a tongue twister. Little man Rayman 2. Little man Rayman 2, the great escape. Right. That's what we're doing today. Is How this because of you your your that? current jag on Rayman well, Origins that you're really enjoying? Of, yeah, kind of. Well, the news on that, we finished it yesterday. We started it last week, I think, and we finished it last night. It is brilliant from start to finish. Really, really enjoyable. We also did something this time around that we'd not done before, which was get all 10 of the ruby teeth so that you could get into the land of the livid dead. We haven't done the land of the livid dead because it is absolutely diabolical. We right. we can't get more than, I don't know, 10 enemies through the stage at the moment. But maybe we'll work on it, or maybe we've satisfied our craving for Rayman. Cause it, honestly, Rayman Origins, that's what we're playing at the moment. Rayman Origins is so, so good, but we'll maybe talk a bit more about that mm. later. Because okay. uh, what we are talking about today, or supposed to be anyway, is Rayman 2. The Great Rayman 2. Escape. That's the subtitle. Were you aware of the subtitle? Have you played no. this game? Tell I me haven't. what you know. Well, Rayman games, I'd, I'd never played them up until Rayman Origins on the Xbox well, 360 because weren't they supposed to be a bit poopy? No, no, mm. the opposite, the opposite. Rayman 2 is uh, often cited as like one of the best games ever. Really? Thousand games to play before you die. Yeah, Browsers. it's a really, really top-notch uh, platformer, 3D platformer at that. Um, and what consoles is it on, please? We're going to talk about that in a second. It it was, so GameSpot, I know then that it's just GameSpot, but GameSpot actually put it um, as the runner-up for their best platform game in the year that it came out. Which, which was? was 1999. Do you know what and beat what came it? first? Best platformer in 1999? Uh, 3D platformer. 3D platformer. It is a 3D platformer. Sparrow 2? I've got it wrong. Oh. GameSpot actually put it as the runner-up in their best platformer category in 2001, which is an interesting little wrinkle, which we'll come to in a second. Do you know what beat it? 2001. Platformer 2001. Would it be Mario Sunshine? No. That was a little bit later. Hmm. No, I don't know. We're still in the N64 era. It was Conker's Bad Fur Day. Okay. Now, I would strongly dispute that. I have had played both of these games. I, I owned Conker's Bad Fur Day. I was one of the lucky few handful of handful of 10 or 20 people uh, that bought Conker's Bad or got bought Conker's Bad Fur Day on the N64, and I sold it a few years ago um, to someone that would love it more than I did. Because, uh, and, and I would say that actually Rayman 2 is better than Conker's Bad Fur Day as a platformer right. for sure. Uh, it's not a satirical game, Rayman 2. Conker's Bad Fur Day is, so therefore Conker's Bad Fur Day would beat it out on that mm-hmm. front, but actually the humour in it's not all that brilliant either. I'm kind of suggesting that Conker's Bad Fur Day might be a little bit overrated. Um, it was interesting then. I'm not sure it's as interesting now. Rayman 2 beat uh, Rayman 2 was runner up in 2001 to Conquest Bad Fur Day. Interesting because because it didn't release in 2001. It released in 1999. So why are they giving it the best or second best platformer of 2001 accolade? A very good question. So Rayman 2 released in 1999. 
I always thought of Rayman games, rightly or wrongly, as PlayStation games. Yes. You would agree. That's yeah, interesting. I would. Interesting, because I've never played a Rayman game. Uh, sorry. I've never played a Rayman game on the original PlayStation. And yet, my in my head, Rayman games are PlayStation, original PlayStation games. Rayman and yeah. Rayman 2 are PlayStation games. The first Rayman I played on PC, and the second Rayman I played on PC. One was via a demo at my friend's house, and then Rayman 2 I actually owned. Got it um, for cheap. I can't remember exactly how much, but I got it for cheap on on PC. So why they sit in my head as PlayStation games, I don't know. Did they come out on, on PlayStation? Yeah, they did. But, right. but Rayman 2 released... The first release was on 964. How strange. Yeah, so in 1999, October 1999, Rayman 2 released on the N64. It was followed shortly after in that in the same year by the Windows release. And then the following year, 2000, it released on multiple other consoles, including the Dreamcast and the PlayStation. However, so this is uh, how it managed to scrape it into, 2000 and, um, into 2001's run of best games best platformers it then released on playstation 2 so it was one of those games that straddled the divide yeah dividing line between two generations and it benefited from that seemingly because it it was able to release on both playstation and playstation 2 and it uh garnered some accolades when it did release on playstation 2 and this, well, still that happens. I, I was just reading before we started recording an article about uh, Breath of the Wild, and it said that mm. it sold. Was it, it sold? I'm probably going to mangle the statistics here. Um, I think it sold 39 million copies to date, and it said that 38 million of those were on the Switch because obviously it released on the Wii U as well. And it's in a similar situation going across. And the point of that statistic is to say, gosh, look how many more it sold on on the Switch. But mm. they're still benefiting the game because it, for those people, that handful of people that did have the Wii U, they were still able to play it on the Wii U as well. So similar situation here. Also yeah. quite interesting for how long between the initial release on PC at the end of 1999 and then to go to the PlayStation 2 being released on it in 2001 18 months later it's a very staggered release window it is and this is something that maybe people that are sort of coming into games in the last decade don't necessarily realize but it wasn't always it wasn't always the way it is now and you know like i'm thinking akami akami came out way back when on the playstation 2 you can pick it up now on the switch and you can play it on the playstation 5 and you can play it on the uh via the playstation 4 uh, and on the xbox so akami has had this life that is getting on for 20 odd years long um games didn't necessarily do that certainly not in the same way it wasn't the same game if if it did get remade then it wasn't necessarily the exact same game although there are exceptions like Super Mario, obviously Super Mario All-Stars remade the games and they were pretty much uh, like-for-like remakes with a bit of a a lick of Super Nintendo paint on them. So nothing that I'm saying necessarily stands up to complete scrutiny. However, this notion of transitions between, um, between generations, it just didn't work the same way. If you Mm -hmm. think about games that we've talked about in the past... The only one that I can think of is one that we haven't talked about, but um, 
Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Don't know why that's on my mind. <laughs> uh, but Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, if you look at the Nintendo, the, the NES version, and compare it to the Super NES version, the SNES version, um, they are completely different games. They, they are games made by different studios um, for different consoles that look and play completely differently. There was a, an article this week about the uh, limited run games. I think it is they're releasing a compilation of the, the Jurassic Park games. Did you see this? No. And so I never played the Jurassic Park games the at all SNES on any console. The Mega Drive ones well, are completely those, different games. Though, yeah. Aren't they? yeah. So SNES, those Mega Drive, and that was NES, and I think maybe Game Boy as well. There was a, a picture I saw. It was it was the, the four original releases with a uh, Jeff Goldblum action figure next to them and saying that the compilation is going to have them all together and yeah the point is exactly like you've just said how it released on multiple consoles under the same guys with the Jurassic Park logo mm. on the front but completely different developers can be different games as a result of the developers but also because of the different consoles too yeah and this is kind of something that's repeated over and over between from the late 80s into the 90s as we were transitioning from the the 8-bit into the 16-bit um, you would get this happening over and over, over and over again with different franchises, different games. What we see PlayStation to PlayStation Two, and possibly to a lesser extent N sixty four to um, GameCube, is games that aren't completely different iterations of themselves, but that are just um, better versions of themselves. So the N sixty four had um, Rayman two, the PlayStation had Rayman two. The PlayStation 2 had Rayman 2, and it was the same game, but it had improved textures the way that you might see on PC. It had better sound right. quality and so forth. Um, and it's it's possibly, at least as far as I can... Um, at least as far as I've experienced, this might be the first generation where you really had that sort of one-to-one um, re... Not remake, but one-to-one porting from mm-hmm. one generation to the next. You said that the Rayman games were supposedly pretty poopy but actually just to counter that um the n64 version on metacritic or game rankings whichever one you want to uh, look at has a 90 out of 100 and an 89 right. out of 100 respectively the pc uh version of the game has a 91 percent on game rankings the playstation version is 87 percent. the the ps2 version is 85 percent on game rankings and 90 out of 100 on uh, metacritic so whoever you've been talking to, at least as far as the consensus is concerned, and certainly as far as I'm concerned, is talking utter crap. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I could have sworn that was the word on the street, that the Rayman games were poopy, but clearly, you know, statistics never lie. So that's incorrect. Well, they do. Statistics yeah. do lie. We know that, but I yep. don't. And therefore... Therefore, it's gospel. We're okay. Well, it's not gospel, but I'm telling you as, a, as honest the truth as I can. Um, interestingly, the highest rating that is available on game rankings is for the Dreamcast. So the Dreamcast is another one of those consoles that was sort of ignored in its day, but also lauded by the people that did have it. And yeah. it's now got this sort of weird cult following that everybody seems to remember the Dreamcast fondly, even though only Steven down the road had one. <laughs> um, yeah. And he was a bit strange to you and you didn't have much to do with him. So... You know, he was right, surely. Surely he was right, but you never experienced it yourself, and yet you you talk about the Dreamcast in uh, a latery terms. I'm painting I think people, a picture, I'm not sure of who. but I think people were so 
uh, kind towards the Dreamcast because it was Sega's last hurrah, and it was it was there bowing out of the console market afterwards. That's interesting. Because... Yeah, that's an interesting notion. Sorry, did I cut you off there? No, not at all. That's an interesting notion that I hadn't really considered, but there could be something to it. I think I've never touched Dreamcast. Actually, that's worth saying. Have you? No, I don't think I have either. No. As you're saying about the idea of Steve down the street, I I can only think of one person I knew that had a Dreamcast, uh, and uh, that was someone I it was kind of a, a friend of a friend kind of situation. It wasn't even anyone I was particularly close to. So, yeah, yeah. I've got a really hazy memory of my next door neighbour who had a PlayStation swapping for some time a Dreamcast for his PlayStation and having a Dreamcast in his house and possibly my seeing the VMU or whatever mm-hmm. it was called and the controller yeah. but I don't necessarily remember ever touching or playing it and therefore maybe that memory is uh, an inserted memory that I, I, I've made up for myself but um, they were certainly rare they were what is it rare as hen's teeth that's the, the one. In that they didn't exist in a lot of people's lives. But they do, they come out of that with a very good reputation. Oddly, any game that I've played on them, I haven't particularly liked. So Space Channel 5, Jet Set Radio, all, the, all of the Dreamcast staples, they're it's not like really adventure. my thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's mm. a perfect example. But the Dreamcast has got the uh, highest rating for for Rayman 2. I just wondered whether it had this... um, I I wonder if the Dreamcast had a a slightly inflatory uh, effect on on that score, just because it was on the Dreamcast um, and and the way people think of it now. But for clarity, you had this, you were playing Rayman 2 on the PC. Yeah, and I got it for cheap, and I can't remember where, and I've still got it upstairs. I don't have the box anymore because it came in a big box. I do have Classic. a, I do have the uh, plastic sleeve, whatever you call it, the, yeah. the crystal case. What's it called? I don't know. It doesn't jewel matter case. what it's called. The jewel case. I've still got the jewel case, and I've I, I've still got the disc. Um, the disc is really pretty, and it it reflects what was on the big box. Um, I don't know if you've seen the cover of Rayman 2, but it's pretty—it's pretty, pretty cap- captivating. Well, not captivating, but it's—it's it's effective, Chris. Not really. Oh, I'm not using good. that word. I'm almost certainly going to cut that. Um, it's—it's it's him running through this um, gr- lush green landscape, and because he because Rayman's got a purple body with a yellow head, and he's I'm running at it. the camera at an angle. Um, everything sort of comes together just to to make it feel quite dynamic and it pops in a in a way that a lot of games at the time didn't and necessarily yeah. didn't want to don't recognize th- that at all really um at yeah. the time i think games were we've talked about this before it was the movement into big boy gaming mm-hmm. and the notion that every game had to be made for adults and um rayman 2 i think one of the reasons that i liked it is because it wasn't necessarily that, even though it did grow up the franchise. So Rayman initially was this hand-drawn um, art style that was really, really pretty, um, but wasn't necessarily part of, wasn't necessarily at home in the zeitgeist of 1999, where everything had to be gritty. Um, so we went pretty to gritty. You're the supposed to appreciate the poetry that. there. Yeah, I did. It was great. 
And yet, I feel like Rayman 2 did this in the right way because it didn't discard everything that it had before and it didn't it didn't embrace the adult themes thing in the way that a lot of games were. Instead, it took what it had and it 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 put a little bit of grit in the in the prit. Mm, okay. So I'm stretching it, aren't I? Yeah. So it yeah, was it's okay. It's okay. It was it was gritty and pretty. It was pretty gritty. It was it was a bit of glitter inside the uh, glittery, glittery pretty as well. Now yeah. this is this is getting very confusing. Gl- glitty pretty, glitty. Yeah. It was glitty. <laughs> that works. I mean, it sounds yeah, slightly sure. odd. Um, it yeah, it, it it just it just did something different in the way that it it made itself more accessible to adults mm-hmm. if you like um and was better for it one of the things that it did was move into 3d so this is the first 3d uh rayman game but it did it didn't stray too far away from what it was and i thank it for that because it's very very good as it is as far as i remember anyway and it's french developer correct it's ubisoft so this is yes. ubisoft and um it is the now sh- um it is the now shamed Michel Ansel, who I believe has now has left Ubisoft in, in recent years because of some shameful acts. I'm not sure exactly what they were and I didn't look them up. Right. But I'm I'm pretty he got his start basically with Rayman. Um there was a game before this. Is he the one went on to do Beyond Good and Evil? Yes. Oh I didn't know You didn't well, know I didn't know that he, he cut his teeth on this and also didn't know he'd he become a bad guy, so there you go. That's yeah, a revelation. I believe he has. Maybe I should look that up so we don't get the old <laughs> to get sewage. hit by a, a lawsuit. Yeah, he was. He was. He left, and the official story is that he went to work on an <laughs> on a wildlife sanctuary. But there was a report by Eurogamer, at the very least, that said that uh, he left under a bit of a cloud of suspicion of toxic behaviour. Um, so that happened. But before that, he he uh, created the Rayman series. The Rayman series is an interesting one in so much as you might... I'm going to ask you the question, and I'm almost certain that you'll underestimate it, and don't use that to inform the answer you give. How many Rayman games are there? Oh, gosh. Um uh, just as a pronounce that the rabbits they started off as Rayman. Yep, things, Rayman Raven Rabbits. They would count. Yeah, I thought so. And then they've gone off, obviously, done their own games, and they'll yeah. do uh, sort of mini game compilations on the Wii, and then and then you've now got Marion Rabbits, which is a very strange conflation mm. of, of uh, genres. That this is a very good game, but uh, starts off with Rayman. So Rayman games are we are we talking not including the Rabbits titles? No, including them. That's fine. Oh gosh. Um... 50 million. 50 million? Yeah. What? What? Is it? what? It's because I've got millions on the brain after reading that Zelda article. Okay. Is that not right? Th- thank you for engaging with this game. I appreciate I appreciate the way that you um, have bought into the the, the notion. It's the, it's the it. format. Should, should um, we sell it as a, as it, a concept? It, after for your 50 million nonsense, this isn't going to make the impact that I hoped it would. But there are oh. in the... In the Rayman. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I misunderstood the game. You, it was how many? I thought it was how many copies have they sold. But it was, oh, you said okay. how many times? 
I'm so sorry. I misunderstood the concept. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were being a shitbag. No, okay. no, I wasn't. I, I, I got very confused by a very simple question. All right, how uh, many? How many how, we'll, uh, re- we'll do a redo. Ten? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, there's 24. Oh. <laughs> there's 24. Somewhere be- between 50 million and 10. Yeah, somewhere between 50 million and 10. That's yeah. how I should have answered it. But yeah, there's 24 games that um could rightly call themselves... Rayman games, which was a surprise to me. Yeah, but I, I, we talked about Crash a few weeks ago, and I was really surprised by how many titles have gone in in, in that franchise as well. So similar thing kind of happening here. Yeah. Interesting as well. Crash and Rayman would presumably have been contemporaries. They I were. imagine Rayman yeah. One probably came out ninety eight for the second one to be out ninety nine. I mean, we'll just park that for literally ten seconds. Um, okay. And then come on to that because I it's a, it's an aspect that I hadn't considered before, but it's definitely worth talking about. Um, there are twenty four games in the Rayman, what you might call the Rayman franchise, and um, if you count re releases of the of the games in that twenty four, you've actually got forty five releases. Jesus, so Rayman has since nineteen ninety five been released forty five different times on different platforms. Um, to give mad. you an an idea of what I mean by that, it, it was actually Ray, the original Rayman has been released five different times in 95, 2000, 2001, 2009, 2016. And that is um, charting basically the progression of various generations or um, mm. or uh, it sort of made a move to handheld, which is maybe um, applicable only to Rayman because Rayman was a 2D side-scrolling adventure uh, platformer. Um, it en- its last release was iOS and Android, which makes sense. Yeah, Rayman 2 did a similar thing and sort of jumped on board the Nintendo DS where it was remade. Um, and then I think was re-released in th- on the 3DS. But they're the main franchise. So in the main franchise, in like the main run, you've got Rayman, Rayman 2, Rayman 3, Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends. Just five five solid games there. Oh, every single one of them, I think, is is pretty epic. And at some point, we will talk about Rayman Three. PlayStation all killer no game, filler, really, really good. Exactly, all killer no filler, because the filler comes in the form of spin-offs and others, um, as Wikipedia puts it. The spin-offs are the obvious ones, like Rayman Raving Rabbids, um, or uh, Mario and Rabbids, um, as you've as you've already pointed out. But then on the other side of things, you had things like Rayman Junior English, so you could actually learn english on the playstation with rayman jr um rayman brain games on the playstation released in 2001 which is what it sounds like uh you've got then sort of skewing into mobile early mobile though rayman golf and rayman bowling so you could do bowling and golf with uh with rayman uh you got rayman car later on on the blackberry in 2009 no idea wow. what's going on there rayman jungle run which is like an endless runner that comes off the end yeah. of uh that no that uh thing that happened in the early 2010s um and then the very latest game to be released on mobile is rayman mini no idea what it is but i think it might be um, if you remember Rayman Legends, before it released, instead of doing a demo, they had on the Wii U only, they had a daily challenge app. And every single day for about two years, and then post-release of Rayman Legends, they would put up a level on Rayman and you would be able to challenge everybody in the world against wow. uh, on this level. It was absolutely amazing. A, a really 
brilliant way to get people engaged with the game. And Rayman Legends is brilliant anyway. Um, but we'll talk about that when we're talking about Rayman Legends. Uh, I think Rayman Mini is sort of like that, where it's got these little bite-sized levels that you can play through. Okay. Um, um, so the art style of Rayman is particular. It it started off as a handheld platform. Sorry, it started off as a hand-drawn platforming two D mm-hmm. affair. This is actually transitioned into three D. It okay. has retained, I think, a lot of the character of its art style, although it has made some, I think, sacrifices to what it would have wanted to be had it continued in the in the two D realm. Um, and I personally think that the hand drawn style was better than what we get in Rayman Two, Rayman Three, which are both the three D platformers. At the same time, it still looks good and it still feels like Rayman which uh, when they make that transition they sometimes lose that um the art style overall was supposedly I'm not sure I see this but it was supposedly a combination of Hayao Miyazaki and Tex Avery art styles okay so a bit of a a bit of a sort of smashing together of of two opposites i would say yeah yeah very uh, much so the zany and the regal or the zany and the yeah. ethereal i'm not sure um exactly mm. how to categorize hayao miyazaki but yeah i thought that was worth just pointing out and you can reflect on it as we play yeah yeah absolutely do you have anything more to add because that's everything that i've got i told you i've strung that out for 32 minutes and yeah we've done, we've, done a, we've done a good job haven't we of uh meandering through that let yeah. me just go through the questions so you you've talked about genre release consoles you know it's about plot and is there any, i'm guessing the plot's paved anyway hey, you don't really so, need the plot we can pick no. that up after that's it's yeah exactly um you talked about how you got your hands on it the last time you played it memories you talked about with the rayman itself um you talked about the developer as Ubisoft. Uh, yeah, that's it then. Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll I'll do a little. I think thing I said you can... you can reflect on that as you play about the art yeah. style. So if you want to pick up there, yeah. Uh, well, I'm very intrigued by that the art style. So uh, I think that seems like a good point for us to jump in. Yes, please. I'm. I should probably actually. Sorry. Um, I should add before we do we do go. Um, this is one of those games where I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. Like, some, sometimes I have a notion of how I'm going to feel about a game. This is one of those where I have very, very fond memories of it. I have no idea which side I'm going to drop down on in the second well, half. So we had last week, we had Hercules, where I was really excited to go into it and then uh, landed with a, a splat. So uh, with a splat, it'd be like a Tex Avery cartoon. So hopefully... It's not quite that. Yeah, we'll see. I know exactly what you're going to do. Don't do it. Uh, no songs today. No songs. But I had a good what one. What were you going to sing? It's Rayman. It's was, Rayman. What were you going to sing? I was going to sing the Batman. Don't ba- sing it. I don't want to know. No, I was going to tell you. Uh, I was going to sing the Batman theme tune, but with Rayman instead. Dinner, dinner, Rayman? Yeah.
That's not good. That's I, bad. That's really bad. And I also got confused. I was going to start singing Spider-Man theme and tune, and that wouldn't have even worked either because it's too many syllables. Oh, Ret Amen. Ret Amen. Something like that, yeah. Like that. Awful. You need to get Batman. this out of your system quickly. Maybe sing in the shower or something because it has no place in this No podcast. place. Not no anymore. Place. Um, Rayman's much better than I think that would give it merit for. Rayman Two was well. Rayman Two was very good. I didn't say in the first yeah. half. Um, it's it's fairly clear, I suppose, from the games we choose that you and I both have a, a punch penchant for three D platformers, and I got very excited at the idea of playing one today. And Rayman Two did not disappoint. It's a, a lovely three D platformer. Yep, it stands up in a lot of different areas that you'd maybe expect it to fall down. I think the worst aspect of it is possibly visuals. And the visuals still, I think, are quite appealing. It's got a very 90s, sort of late 90s 3D feel to it. You've got what might be considered stretch textures. Big old textures. Uh, low, low grade textures. If you saw them in a game today, there'd have to be a very good reason for it being there. Otherwise, it's a bug um, sort of textures. But we were playing that the version actually... available, available, not available, that's not a word, available from Good Old Games, and that had little bells and whistles behind the scenes that meant it was upscaling it quite a lot. So while they were stretched, they still looked quite nice. Is that right? I thought they looked quite nice. No, I mean, has it got bells and whistles behind the scenes? Well, it sort of did the thing where it, it automatically scatter, stretched the screen to make it all widescreen and, and that. So I assume it kind of goes as part and parcel of that. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm honestly, assuming don't know. I don't know what patches they might have applied uh, in the background, but it certainly looked better than it should have in yes. 2023, I would say, given that it's 24 years old. Um, and I think the character models in particular were where it shone, and that's rightly so, because they are kind of the focus for the player. You know, certainly Rayman's character model, you're going to be looking at him all, all game, so it should look pretty nice. It's also worth noting that, that you said about um, this looks so much better than Crash Bandicoot. Yes. Not Crash Bandicoot. This looks so much better than Banjo-Kazooie. Um, you said that. Yeah, I said that. I said that both in Banjo-Kazooie and Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of an unfair comparison there in the sense that we were playing this on a PC and it's the PC version. Yes. And because our PCs are modern PCs, um, it, this is like the equivalent of the very best that it could possibly have looked at the time in 1999. Whereas PlayStation, the N64, maybe didn't have the power um, to push things to that limit. So a slightly unfair comparison at the same time one worth making because mm. we're talking about in 2023 and actually the visuals being what they are make it an infinitely playable game in 2023 whereas you maybe wouldn't feel that about uh, other games like Crash Bandicoot or Banjo-Kazooie maybe yeah yeah, I think the you've talked about the art style as well and how it looked. Rayman himself looked really good. I think it also extended to his uh, characterfulness as well. You've got the eyes animation I really liked was where he took his torso and then played with it like a basketball. I thought it was pretty cool. But when you're bouncing around the levels, literally bouncing around, he's, he's quite boppy. And you've got the, when you've got the, the double jump and glide, he then has his, what I thought was his ears, but actually has said it are, is his hair. Then there's the helicopter mm. thing that goes across. And then you, if when you go over to a platform, you then pull yourself up and I've, I've, there's sort of a bit of a, 
a uh, a distance between his hands and his body as you do that and then when he pulls himself up there's a nice bounce to him as he does so and i just think as a character the way you control him is really well realized yeah the the whole game has a degree of quality to it mm-hmm. that makes it stand out even among its uh contemporaries i think that the animation in particular is one of the things that that makes Rayman what Rayman is. A lot of what Rayman's uh, appeal rests on is the the characterfulness of its of everything. Actually, I was going to say the characterfulness of its characters, but actually the characterfulness across the board, the 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 way that the worlds uh, are made to feel alive, um, the the sort of bouncing mushrooms that jump yes. around as you're going through and the the butterflies that are floating about everywhere and um well the level we played through there was the the second level or so because the, the levels are very big which we'll talk about in a bit mm. as well but the, it was a pirate ship and you had there would be a bit where you're climbing up some spider webs and the camera very cleverly moves to be behind Raymond as you're climbing up so you can see the barrels falling down as you climb up to try and uh, avoid them but you've yeah. got there's also there's some shooting elements there because you had to do some strafing to shoot these robot pirates that you're trying to defeat. Mm. There was also some platforming when you went under the pirate ship, you had to jump across these barrels that are floating in water. So lots of different gameplay styles in there as well. So yep. this characterfulness kind of extends the gameplay as well, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I think everything's just re- really well considered. Um, even like the pirates that you were coming across, a lot of them, like one of them was waiting and, and sort of the lookout the watch person on watch at the time and he immediately that that robot pirate immediately saw you as you entered this um green space outside his fortress but then if as you got into the bowels of the ship there were pirates about and they were having a a sleep and i kind i like the differentiation between those two sets of pirates because one is on watch and and clearly active and and looking out for you actively and then others are completely off guard and and, and you can then destroy them there are kegs and you can pick up a keg throw it at the the robot pirates and defeat it in one go which i thought was quite quite nice as well yeah and it encourages different gameplay approaches so yes. that it's not quite stealth but if you can kill the if you can destroy the pirate while it's sleeping then you're going to get through things a lot easier than if you accidentally wake it up so th- there's a, a, a level of depth to the gameplay there as well. And you've also really got the you've also got the classic Bill uh, Banjo Kazooie, I suppose. At the end of the level, you unlock a power, which was the what was the power you got at the end of the first level? Are you were able to? It it was close to the end of the first level. You were able to uh, grapple. That's it. So when you see a purple lum ring, you can grapple onto it with your uh, power fist and swing. So I actually finished the first level with 37 out of the 50 available lums and there was a screen on the pause menu which showed that he had one of the four available powers unlocked and it's then got that classic, a bit like Banjo-Kazooie, where you've got to go back with powers you've unlocked, you've then got to go back to the levels and uh, to try and, if you want, if you are all those uh, collectible fiends to go and uh, get all those things that you couldn't reach previously, which is a gameplay style I personally really enjoy, so it was nice, nice to see that popping up here as well. Yeah, it's one that we've also, it's been a bit topical over the last few episodes that we've done, especially with Banjo-Kazooie, where we gave it a bit of a slamming because of the way it um, deals with its crates. It That is the Banjo... Sorry, I, I said Banjo-Kazooie and I said I meant Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Crash Bandicoot and his crates, we, we uh, lambasted a little bit 
And I think there is a, a very minor difference here, and it's that you might have... So one of the things that Crash Bandicoot did that, that doesn't necessarily happen here is um, Trixie developer things. So there might be a hidden LUM somewhere, but the hidden LUM isn't placed in such a way that you're going you're gonna, to um, trip yourself up by design. You might not find it, but it's definitely available to you and you're going to be able to get it if you can find it. There's also a notion, like a nod towards exploration in, t in terms of the cages that you can collect. So the cages, when, you, when there's a cage in the vicinity, you'll hear somebody shouting help mm. and you then know that you need to look around this area and there might be a cage. It's not, it's not trying to... Um, make you fall over and land on your face here it is actually trying to give you a bit of a challenge and and encourage you to explore and if you do explore then you're going to be rewarded you're not going to be uh, lambasted at the end of the level you do get this thing that says bonus level denied or yeah. whatever so there's an encouragement to um to go back into a level and collect everything um and and maybe there is a a sense of like punishment there maybe like it's it's something that we picked up on crash bandicoot crash bandicoot is like rubbing it in your face at the end mm -hmm. you didn't get everything and maybe there is a, a tonal problem here in terms of bonus level denied just the wording maybe could be better mm -hmm. in terms of encouraging players to want to go back and and collect all these collectibles um there is a thing that we didn't come up on and uh, it relates to the lums so the crates as far as i'm aware in crash bandicoot don't have any purpose other than to be collected yes the the lums they as you collect them you unlock different levels of knowledge of the world and knowledge of the world is law which maybe won't appeal to all players but when you collect a certain number of lums you will be rewarded with a piece of law that relates to uh, what the lums okay. are and um, how how the lums relate to the universe. Actually, the lums in Rayman usually across across multiple Rayman games, you will see that lums exist as one thousand, the number yes. one thousand lums. Um, and as you in Rayman two and possibly other Rayman games, I can't remember. As you unlock, um, as you grab more and more lums, you will unlock like a little snippet of um text that will tell you a little bit about what the lums are and how they relate to Pollocus, who is like the Gaia or Mother Earth sort of um character in in Rayman. Um and it will it will detail how how these lums exist and, and why they exist and what they do and so forth. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a little reward. Yes. And that's where Crash Bandicoot lacks mm. and where Rayman doesn't lack. Rayman had the, or, or the developers of Rayman had the forethought to to consider, well, why do we want people to collect mm. these lumps? Yeah. Rather than just being be there because they, they were there mm. as part of that world building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, music was also really nice. I said it was very reminiscent of Spyro. We talked about that being yep. it Stuart Copeland from the police uh, doing the music for that. Mm. And this was very similar, quite low key, quite jaunty in places, but not intrusive. It just, it, it, it 
blends in with the gameplay really well. I, it I did. Very and appreciative of it. You, absolutely. If you remember, we'd done Tomb Raider and uh, Spyro quite close together, and Tomb Raider was one of the games that at the time that was lauded for its sound design and its soundtrack in particular. But what I found in Tomb Raider was that the sound didn't match up to the experience. So mm. the experience might be raiding a tomb um, in a in a dark and dingy cave and you've got this weird um music that compl- was completely at odds with the tone it was trying to set that's why spyro i think shone so well when we played it shortly after and actually rayman again should have be, should be applauded for the same thing it's yeah. it's music is created to be tonally coherent with the experience that they're trying to give the player why why it doesn't get more accolades what why gen why tomb raider gets the accolades and games like spyro and rayman don't i is beyond me i, I don't get that at all well, we talked during the play in the game about how i got this notion of them being a bit stinky as as games and i think it yeah was because my own experience of them was in the late 90s eclectic a computer and video games magazine and because that was for teenage boys which i was i think they were probably quite negative about the game because it wasn't tomb raider or fifa or driver or whatever so yeah. i think that's probably where i got that notion that it was wasn't very good was probably because of the secondhand sneering that i got from that magazine that's interesting because i, I don't know if we've come across that as a as a thing before but we certainly it's an ongoing conversation this notion of games growing up in the 90s and what that actually meant for the industry and what that meant for players certainly as a young boy i'm slightly younger than you only a little bit um but enough to make a difference i think at that point because you were moving into your adolescence and i was Mm -hmm. still um a nipper yeah um but I, I think I didn't play this when it came out. I didn't play this in 1999. I probably played it 2001, 2002, somewhere right. around there on the PC. Um, so it was it was a bit long in the tooth at that point. Um, and I had even then I'd shied away from this notion of of the big boy game of the of the oh a gritty adult reel. Resident Evil wasn't my wasn't my thing neither really was Tomb Raider or all, all of these games that are trying to promote themselves as big grown-up games weren't really my cup of tea and what what I think I enjoyed was things that are good yeah and it didn't matter that the tone was this or that it mattered that it was fun or engaging in one way or another um, and Rayman's got fun and engaging down to a T it's it's both in spades. It doesn't matter that the colour palette... It does matter. <laughs> Let, let's just dispel this. I was going to say it doesn't matter that the colour palette is uh, lively and child-friendly, um, but boisterous and loud. It, it actually does matter. It does matter that it is that because it, it's got a really timeless feel because of that. The cartoon nature of Rayman 2 makes it stand up now in a way that mm. when you go back to tomb raider and it's gray and brown and black scenery tomb raider falls on its backside the the cartoon stylings of rayman 2 are what make it work so well now well just mentioning cartoon there we uh, talked about right then the first half the tex avery miyazaki blend and not so much the miyazaki but there were certain elements that reminded me of tex avery there was one point you had a conversation with three 
characters. Was it Gro- Growbox? Was that the character's Glo- name? It's, it's Glowbox's kids. Glowbox's so Glowbox kids. is a is a best pal of Rayman. And it's like a big like froggy type head. Yeah, and his kids crop up in the uh, throughout this game. Actually, they reoccur in different places. But they they were getting sad because their dad had been kidnapped, and they did this thing where they tip their heads back, and then just these huge jets of water mm. squirting out of their eyes. Which I guess you kind of get in anime thinking about it's like Pokemon uh, does that yeah, on occasion as well. Of, yeah. But uh, but anyway, it's, I still thought it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, um, and you said Tex Avery ish, mm. um, and I think yeah, I I see it when you point it out. It wasn't something that had occurred to me before. Uh, we talked about the, the levels as well. The levels are really big, which is one of the reasons... Well, it's another reason why I didn't get past the first level. I'll talk about that next. But the, the levels were, were very big. And uh, I, I th- kind of a good thing, but also maybe a bad thing because it, it makes it a lot... Because it's, it's also very... It's one of these levels that funnels you through the level. It's not this sprawling, exploring type mm. level that which Banjo-Kazooie had. Mm. It's it's a bit like a Crash Bandicoot, kind of you're following a path, but a lot more interesting than Crash Bandicoot because you, yeah. it's, it's operating across, there's depths to it as well. So I think it's good the levels are big, but also maybe they could be a little bit smaller. Yeah, so I actually think... I, I think that um, the size of the stages is one of the ways that Rayman 2 tried to grow up and embrace right. the changes that were happening because there was this notion this nod towards sandbox gaming uh, coming into the mix in 1999. And um, there was this notion of bigger is better as well. We've gone from stages on Super Mario World and Sonic where uh, if you were on them for 10 minutes, then that was quite a long time Yeah. Um, to, to actually big sprawling um, adventure games, that have very long 20 30 get even getting up to an hour long levels um and they might they might traditionally have cut have chopped that up into smaller um sections so like six stages instead of one big one but they were the, definitely the trend was towards that and in, incidentally interestingly the trend has moved a little bit away from that in in terms of platforming in more recent years and rayman origins rayman legends definitely steer towards the short and the bite size so yeah i think i agree it's not necessarily to the games uh in the game's favor that the stages are as long as they are it's not terrible though still and that's saying something no and the thing i struggle with which is is an interesting point in itself um, I couldn't get my controller to work with the game. So I was having to play. We we're playing the PC version, which is available from good old games. I was playing it using the keyboard. And the keyboard, the controls are mapped in a bit of a strange way where um, I'm used to playing WASD control games. And Rayman is mapped to the arrow keys. And then you've got jump is mapped to A. And there's Q and W, rotate the camera left and right. Control centers the camera behind him. And then space makes him fire his magic ball attack. So I was finding it quite difficult to kind of get my fingers to do what I wanted them to do in order to control him. So I was a bit frustrated I couldn't get my controller to work, which then meant I wasn't able to probably play as much of or enjoy the game as much as I would have liked to have done. But then Ashley pointed out that that's how he would have played it back in the day. He would have played it using a keyboard, using that formation as well. So... Yeah, so there's a couple of things to pull out of that, I think. Um, I can imagine... I. I spent the first five minutes on the game playing with the keyboard and mouse just to get a feel for it and then switched over to the controller um i definitely would have played with the keyboard uh when i was younger and that was because we didn't 
keyboard controllers on PCs have not always been plug and play. They were a lot more difficult to set up, and oftentimes Definitely. you had to you had to set them up on a on a game by game basis, and it was annoying. Yeah. But they also cost money, so um, that both of those things together meant that we didn't have a controller for our PC, so everything was keyboard and mouse. It was by necessity rather than choice. Uh, that one. I don't remember having problems with the controls then. Doesn't mean, though, that with modern sensibilities, I wouldn't have problems with the controls now. I only spent five minutes with them, and it's a very valid... Given that part of what we're doing on this podcast is is sort of evaluating, is this worth playing now? Uh, are we looking at things with rose-tinted glasses and so on? Um, I think that it's a valid complaint now to be talking about playing a, plat- a 3D platformer with keyboard and mouse and coupled with that the notion that they've basically inverted the the control Mm. scheme that everybody's going to be used to now WAS and D as control on the left hand side and then um, I often map things if they're not already mapped I map them to the numpad the number pad on the right hand Uh, side Um, that would be more standard these days um, than than having it the way that Rayman has it and I, I also think that just in general, a 3D platformer is better played with a controller, better played with a, a control stick, if if uh, if you can get one. Um, incidentally, Chris and I are using the same controller. We're both using an 8-bit Doe Pro controller. Chris couldn't get his uh, to connect for some reason today, no, completely unrelated times. to the game. Um, but mine connected and was recognized immediately. So if you are considering playing this, and I think our consensus would be that you should consider playing this. Definitely. Um, One, I think we'd recommend a controller. And two, if you have controller issues, uh, dig into that because it's probably not the game. It's probably the controller and or the way it's connected. So that seems like a good point to seek into kind of the wrapping up then. And how much is it available for on Good Old Games? Well, right now it's £1.09p. And Whoa. in fact, Rayman, Rayman 2, Rayman 3 are all £1.09p. So you can get all three of them for £3.27 total, which is exactly what I did this morning. It's um, it's an absolute bargain. Rayman, the first trio of games, that first trilogy of games, is an absolute treat from start to finish. So I would highly recommend it. On top of that, though... Um, I would recommend delving into Rayman across the board. We mentioned that there are five games in what you might call the the main, um, the main thread of of Rayman. Those are Rayman one, two, and three. You've also then got Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends that came out a little bit later. Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends are absolutely stunning games in every respect. Hannah and I just, as I said in the first half, just finished Rayman Origins yesterday. And it's it's delightful. Every single Rayman game in that f- series of five is worth playing. None of them cost uh, on a good day more than three quid. Legends is on the Switch. I um, <clears throat> excuse me. I got the Legends on the Switch in a sale. It was about like five or six, seven quid or something like that. Oh, okay. it's, one of these, it's one of these games that is is regularly available for cheap and. I have barely scratched the surface of it. I've played it for probably two or three hours, but mm. there is just, you, you do something and then it unlocks a load more alternative options to do. And then you start doing those and then it unlocks a load more things. Mm. And there is there is such a vast amount of stuff to do in that game. Uh, one of the things, well, one of my favourite 
stars level in it are the ones that are set to music because it's reminiscent yes. of Guitar Hero Rock Band, but set to a platformer. So the one that springs to mind is the one set to Black Betty, where you've got to jump in mm. time to the music of Black Betty. Just because all the enemies are sort of singing along to Black Betty as well. It's just it, yeah. it's, the presentation is a delight, and the game that level is a delight. It, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, you're right. Rayman Legends it, that's new for Rayman Legends, and those levels are based on what are called the Treasure Trove levels um in rayman origins which are a sort of speed run type levels yes. short bite-sized ones that really challenge you platform platform wise um those even even just those absent of the novelty of having music uh the the stage set to music they are perfectly perfect platforming challenges i really enjoy them um rayman legends incidentally will will just put this out there and it'll probably be one of the last things that we say unless you've got other things um rayman legends was built for the wii u it's worth saying this it was built uh, with the wii u in was, mind yeah. and because of that there are certain mechanics um certain things that you engage with on the screen that the the whole premise was based around being able to swipe on the wii u's gamepad screen and so, like, you might have to move something out of the way. And yes. I can't remember the way that you do that with a controller. But on the gamepad, it would have been with your finger. And it would have been intuitive. And uh, I think out of all five games, because of the way that they've had to adapt things for more standard control schemes, that gets in the way of Rayman Legends a little bit. Just a tiny little bit. Um, it's still an absolute sensational game. But... Um, there is that to just consider. I personally would start with uh, Rayman Origins. I would start with Rayman Origins and I would move out from there both both directions, into the past and into the future. I'd play Rayman Origins, um, then Rayman Legends and Rayman 2, 3 and, and 1. Um, probably in that kind of order. Yeah. Well, what a great recommendation off the back of what's turned out to be a great game. So, great choice. Thank you. Yay. Yep. Right. If you've enjoyed listening, remember to come and join us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Remember to do the usual social media things at the same time. You're liking, sharing, subscribing, rating, reviewing. I remember them all. Yeah, and you we'll can see... tell you do a lot of that yourself. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you next week for one of my games. Yeah! I hope it's a good one. See you later. Bye. Happy day. Bye.